Hello. Good morning, John. Oh, hello, Merlin. Good, Good morning. morning. How are you? Oh, just dandy. Thank you. It's been a minute since we've done the British <laughs> accent. It has. Uh, and how are you? Well, I'm how quite are you? well. One would oh, complain, God. but one would not be listened unto. Oh, <laughs> it's becoming God. a little bit D&D. <laughs> God, unto thou I do not. <laughs> oh, good, good Forsooth. day. I said good day, sir. I say. Stick with uh, an accent, they said. I said, I think are. not. Oh, you might. Row this <laughs> 20-sided die. <laughs> you scoundrel. Yes. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> Sounds like I'm doing a little bit of an Alec Guinness. Alec, of, Alec Guinness. That's nose. a name I haven't heard since the last <laughs> campaign. He died at the hands of a rowdy drow elf, if memory serves. Oh, a drow elf. I don't see color except in the drow. <laughs> Nasty type, they. <laughs> Can we Wood do elves. it for one whole hour? <laughs> Wood elves, they Wood call elves. them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, he liked to pass as a high elf. <laughs> I can see from the texture and lack of pointiness in his ears. <laughs> He's a low elf. Introduced to by Elrond. Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't how he talks. Rather, it would be rather oh, trying, oh. one thinks. Yes, it would. My it daughter would. was playing with dungeon dice this morning. Hooray! Does she know anything about their powers? Yes, we talked a lot. Well, you know, it's a good. You know what? It's a good time to talk about the maths. Oh yes, because you could talk about why a twenty-sided die is used so often because it's real good for doing stuff around a hundred in increments of five. Uh. So I ask her, you know, if you need to get thirty-five, what number do you get? And she says four. And I said, you're bad at math. <laughs> you throw the, this saving throw against your fifth grade modest skills. Yes. <laughs> your armor class has been smitten. We had this exact thing yesterday. Uh, 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 Marlo, I said, Marlo, turn uh, the. Oh, turn the. Oh, uh, I said. <laughs> what? I said. I said, child. You said. Yeah, said, you did. You said, child. Child. I said, child of mine. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll pass that on. Uh, I said, turn the oven to 350. Universal setting, and she walked over, and mm -hmm. the, uh, the the knob has three hundred dot dot uh -huh. dot uh huh four hundred. Okay, and she said, "Where I don't know where three fifty is," and I said, mm. "Well, let's see. Is it between two hundred and three hundred?" And she said, "No, idiot." <laughs> I said, "Is it between four hundred and five hundred?" No. All right. We've narrowed it down. Yeah. She's like, well, there are only three dots here. What do they represent? Ten? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, count by tens from 300 to 400 using those three dots. Mm -hmm. And she did. <laughs> 310, 320, 330, mm -hmm. 400. Mm. And I said, hmm. Oh, yeah, I can see. See, yes, yes. It must not be ten. Mm-hmm. And we worked on this. God, problem. how much we take this all for granted. I know. We worked on this problem for so long. I was like, really? 20, 25 seems like a weird number when you think it about is? it. Well, and the thing is, uh, so yes, it's weird. It's an odd number, which confuses her because she's like, well, odd numbers, you can't cut in half. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, true. But how are we going to, how are we going to add a zero to this and make it into something you can cut in half? Mm -hmm. But also the three dots. And then we died of starvation. <laughs> I, I just dots, want to yeah. eat. I just want to eat. <laughs> in the meantime, we like slipped and the oven was 550 oh, degrees man. and filling the cabin was <laughs> uh, No, I said, you know, the three dots are not what we're thinking of. Really, we're thinking about the spaces between the three dots. Whoa. Right? Because it's not like dot, dot, dot. It's like 300 She's space. In third, third grade? She's in second grade. Second grade. Oh, that's a big ask. Well, we're working on it. We were working on it and working on it. We got the paper out. We were. That's kind of a division problem. It is. And she was like, ah, division is like the minus of times. And I was like, yes, division wow. is the minus of times. That's inaccurate, but true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
oh, we worked and worked. And, and at some point I was not able, I knew, you know, in my head, I'm like, do not start talking about decimal places. Do not. She's in second grade. No one has asked her to know about those, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't resist. I was like, look, here's what a decimal point is. Oh no. And she was like, uh, and I said, the decimal point is just a way of moving. You know how we add zeros to numbers? A decimal point is a way of taking zeros away from numbers. Hmm. She was like, huh, taking zeros away? And I was like, bear with me. Mm-hmm. And we finally got to a place where she had done the math and she recognized that the dots were 25s. Really? For yes. real? Yes. Did, did she kind of back solve, estimate? How did she arrive at that? There was no estimating. We got to the fact that... Uh, well, you know, for a while there, we were like, uh, we were talking about three times two is six, three times four is 12. Three times, I don't remember why I was talking about that. Three times three is mm-hmm. nine. It's a magic three number. Times, that's right. Three, three times, uh. Three times eight is 16. Watch this cartoon. Daddy's going to make <laughs> three lunch. Three times five is 15. Three times four is 12. And three times three is nine. Three times two is six. And three times one is three, of course. Three. And that's a magic Man and a woman had a little baby. <laughs> Yes, they did. They, they had three, three in the family. <laughs> and that's a magic number. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Marine Layer. You can learn more about Marine Layer right now by visiting marinelayer.com. Once upon a time, okay, it was 2009, two guys set out to make the perfect tea. A tea that felt like an old favorite from day one, perfectly broken in and absurdly soft. Those guys were named Mike and Adam. It took them a year to nail a custom fabric, and once they did, they made their first batch of teas and bought an old VW bus to transport them. It's only broken down like 27 times, so they're feeling good about the investment. Nine years, a few credit cards, and two buses later, they've built a brand around those absurdly soft shirts. And I should mention, they make more than tees. Now they make Henleys, jackets, pants, sweaters, you get it. It's all designed in the Marine Layer Workshop here in beautiful San Francisco. And it's all really soft. And when they say their stuff is soft, they, they really mean it. It's not just, oh, this feels nice soft. It's like, holy crap, how do they make this? I'm never taking it off level of soft. That's super soft. Turns out the softest tees are made from trees, micromodal found in Marine Layer's signature fabric, is made from recycled beechwood. The pulp production is self-sufficient, which makes their teas sustainable, eco-friendly, and you guessed it, soft. They make in-between sizes like Marge and larger for the dudes who just don't conform to standards. Good for them. And their return policy is insanely good. You can return pretty much anything for up to a year, and they stand by their clothes. Plus, they offer free shipping and free returns on all U.S. orders. What I got from Marine Lair, uh, it's called the Toaf Camping Shirt, and it is gorgeous. Heather Gray Twill, perfect for camping and for life, and uh, that does me just fine. Their site is a breeze to use. You're going to love it. you got to check them out, marinelair.com. So right now, for 15% off your first order, you visit marinelair.com and enter the promo code SUPERTRAIN at checkout. 15% off your first order. Nothing wrong with that. Our thanks to Marine Lair for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Mm, you know, it's hard to get that record now. What? Really? I think they pulled it. I think they fully pulled it. Well, you know, Disney bought it. Disney bought Tommy Boy? Oh, you're talking about the record. Oh, 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 shit, dog. I forgot about this. Yes, yes, yes. You were mad about this. Talk about that. I was talking about the great classic. I mean, I think, I think everybody, I think at, at a certain age, you know, I think everybody should uh, be uh, be given a copy of Come On Pilgrim by Pixies. Sure. A condom and a copy of Come On Pilgrim. I think it could be argued you should give every kid, whether they want it or not, you should get a copy of Three Feet High and Rising because it's extremely important. I believe it is important. Anyways, all I was saying was I think, I think, I don't think you can easily there are places, as you know, of course, but, but I don't think, I don't know. I'll, I'll research this, but no, you had a, you had a thought on this and this has to do with the Disney empire building. What, tell, tell, tell the listeners what happened. 
Oh, well, see, this is just a, this is a YouTube problem. This is an internet problem. Merlin, I'm increasingly convinced that we need to break the internet. Oh, in, we need to break to it. it. We need to start by just cracking it over our knee into two parts and then just never stop. How Even do we when start it gets hard again? and your knee hurts, you keep just oh, cracking it into smaller ow. parts. You have to put it up against a fulcrum and then jump on it. We literally ran into this doot, 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 night before last because sometimes we like to wind down with different YouTube videos. And right. I, I don't know. I, I got, Monty Python used to have a very lively internet uh, presence where they had a channel and they had a bunch of stuff. They had tons of, this is so smart, right? If you if you if people want to see your sketches, why don't you put up your sketches? It's so smart. And don't let it just be somebody with Latvian subtitles hard-coded. Like, put up your own goddamn videos. I don't know what happened. We wanted to watch the Argument Clinic. And all the ones that I could find, uh, because she has great taste on some things, all we could find was all like, I don't even, I didn't even, I thought it might be Thai subtitles. I don't know what it was. Really? Yes. I, I, I don't know if they pulled their presence, but it's like, God, just, just give me the thing. But no, yeah. anyway, I'm taking off your point. You're right. It should all be broken. It should, mm. it should, we need to just start it. You know what, what is it you talk about on, on Star Trek? It's a, it's a, it's a Genesis bomb. What is it yeah, called? Yeah, Genesis bomb. We need to terraform, terraform the internet. Thank you. Yes, we do. <laughs> we need a Gaia bomb for the internet. <laughs> I wish I didn't agree. I hate the internet so much this week. I told my friends I hate it so much I taste blood. It's oh, just no. oh, no. I'm just it's like you try hard to make the people make the nice people happy and it's just like, oh you guys make the uh, nice people happy. I'm I'm a simple man. Yeah. Right. Well, Right, I scuttle across the yeah, yeah I, you know, ragged, ragged pericles. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't have to say it. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> is he a great man? <laughs> he, he's a great man. He's great. Yeah, he can't land on a, on a fraction. Even your daughter knows that. <laughs> but uh, but all I yeah, I just want I just have simple I just have simple needs. Mm. And you know when the thing is when we were a kid, you sat down, you turned on the TV. There was a forty percent chance that you would be watching Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck within an hour. Talk about Saturday mornings. Or any time, frankly. I mean, That's after true. school, they were playing. I mean, it was. Yes. And the thing is, there were only three channels. Only three channels plus UHF. Right, well, PBS, too. There are four channels. We had, we, and had, then, we had ABC, CBS, NBC on the normal dial on yeah. the VHF, something HF. Yeah. Anyway, we yeah, had those three. Very high if, frequency. You, if you flicked over to the other frequency, you had um, we had PBS and we had one local affiliate that did show a ton of like Dennis the Menace and Star Trek. Ultra like high frequency. Oh, well, you're right, <laughs> but, but there's a chance. There's a chance that you would just see the cartoons, and then on the on the Saturday mornings, CBS had in the news, yeah, and ABC, which I enjoyed. It was very bite sized, and then ABC, of course, had Schoolhouse Rock. Whether you yeah. wanted it or not, you were going to learn what a noun was. Here's a there noun. It was. And there's a reason that so many, so many Gen Xers know the preamble to the Constitution and can <laughs> sing it. Yes, we also know what conjunctions do. Yeah, well, well, they hook They're up phrases up words and, and phrases and clauses. clauses. <laughs> uh, Ain't also, that nice? As, as you recall, yes. uh, we learned the base twelve numerical system, or at least we learned. Did we? Just a little. A lot of people got a hard on for base twelve. I don't. The, I don't know the. the I, there's a controversy where a lot of people want base twelve, and I got to learn more about this. Don't you remember little six toes? See that little one? I, I don't remember that one. As oh, well. I think you will if you see it. He flies in on a UFO. Oh, and he got he's the twelve. He got the twelve hat, toes, and he's got twelve toes. Yeah, uh-huh. little twelve toes. I guess. Little, is what little, I, I, uh, I, I, some of them I found quite dolorous. I always thought the uh, figure eight one was a little bit dolorous. Well, you know, the figure eight one, it turns out is is has a very it's very beautiful from an adult music standpoint. Yeah, it has oh, a it lot is. of chords. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, the chorus is really like all great pop songs. You know how it is with a pop song. You yep. get your verses, you got your choruses. If you have yep. any sense, you have a bridge. And Wish in, in well. most classic pop music, this is, I mean, where do you begin? It's not just the Pixies. It's not just loud and quiet. It, sure. There's got to be one part has to have tension and the other part mm. has to have release. Somewhat, yeah. Well, mostly. If and you, you don't could, have a bridge, you, you can have a guitar solo. Let's be that's, honest. The bridge, we'll set aside the bridge for a second. But right. in most pop music, I feel like if you really interrogate, you think about a song like Touch and Go by the Cars is the classic example. All I need is what you got. And the verses. And then you get to the chorus. How does the chorus go? It's a galloping. I know it. With the great uh, Elliot Easton. You yes. got to mix that up a little bit. Now you take a double four figure eight. That oh. one has very dolorous verses, 
And then it balls out, big walk down course. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, well, let me put this one to you. You ready for this? Yeah. Why is three is the magic number not in three, four time? Oh, <laughs> they got a they got a Vince Giraldi or they thought of God bless everything. it a Dave Brubeck. You would you would have had a classic three four. Not talking Viennese, you would have a classic three four waltz. Dun, 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 the thing is, three, uh, dun, 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 dun. no, it that's what it, you know. No, they'd have to they'd have to redo it. But yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, we were we were just playing this on the Nerd Cruise. We played three as the magic number uh, live with rock band, which was very good. You, you went on the cruise, yeah, yeah. All right, um, that's awesome. That's it's, I did at the last minute. I went. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Save it for the show. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. I love that song. Well, and uh, and, play bass. And so, play bass. So it came up. Well, uh, uh, there were a, a couple of bass players. Was there an Amy Mann bass? People. Amy Mann was in there, but she did not play on this tune. Um, it's got a great bass, bass line. Bass player's uh, name for the show was a was a man named Chris, um, and hang on just a second because is, it, is I, that Jonathan's guy? No, well, yes, ish. Uh, uh, just recently. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, different so, from the other guy with the accent. So this was the first time I'd ever met him. Okay, and um, he was just a just a phenomenal bass player but also like one of those gentle human beings oh, i love that um who was but not gentle like in a in like a super passive way of like oh whatever he was gentle in like a really present way and so at, the thing is at first i was a little bit shy or cautious about him because um honestly and i'm and i'm I'm a little embarrassed to say it, uh, but he was repping a kind of hippie, uh, like modernist, modernist hippie. That's, that's the, no, it's, you don't have to say it. it's a red flag. And so I was like, ah, I don't know, modernist hippie. He's got like dro- he's got like a droopy tam o shanter, uh, and, oh. he's, and he's wearing like a, like, a, a, like an old school Springsteen hat. Yeah, like a big floppy no, but, hat. A big floppy hat. Not not spring. It's not like a reggae, mm, okay. but definitely like a big knit hat on a tropical cruise. Mm. And you know, he had like I, maybe one of his shirts was kind of like off the shoulder. There were a lot of things. <laughs> what a you feeling! Know, like <laughs> like stirrup pants. I was just like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I think I dated him in 1983. <laughs> you know, and, and but and his but his vibe was so kind. And then as I as I got to know him better, I uh, I was like, oh wait a minute, like this guy is awesome, like 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 really good guy, and um, and then I felt like a big dum dum because mm. I was because I was like judging a man by his hat or whatever, uh, so <laughs> I had to you know I had oh, that's to, off that's a little bit off brand for you in some ways. It is because normally I'm just like whatevs, and especially on this cruise, I was so 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 aloha. That's how I was making it. That's how I was making it work. I was just I brought all the aloha that I could wow. in my in my small bag, wow. and um, and so I was just like I was like aloha, and then he, basically he was more aloha than me, and I didn't even I didn't even recognize it until. But if you hadn't gone to Hawaii, you might not even acknowledge that. Now you know yes. you you acknowledge the greater aloha. Yeah, well, and it wasn't the thing about aloha is it's not a competition. Ah, uh, see, here I go again. Yes, mm. you're right, right. There's no there's no like aloha medal. No, and the mm. thing is, when I realized he was uh when he, when I realized that he had a tremendous amount of aloha, I think if I if he was sitting here now, I think he would say, uh, there is no greater amount of aloha. <sighs> I I bet you he would say. Like there's no way to take your aloha and my aloha, set them next to each other, and say one is one one glass of aloha is fuller. No, it's like one plus one equals forty five, right? It's yeah, a synergistic well, aloha. Sure, it's like a man and a woman have a little baby. Yeah, they're in the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although on the ship when we played the song, uh, Molly Lewis sang it, and she changed the lyrics to say two loving people had a little baby. 
Oh, oh okay. Because in the culture of Joko Cruz, you don't yes. want to normalize. You, Paul, would have gotten notes about that. Probably. Um, <laughs> she would have. What do they say? What do we say? She would have been. We would have canceled Molly Lewis. Everybody knows how problematic she is. Well, no, she's, Molly. She's a real loose cannon. <laughs> she's way ahead of the curve on that stuff. In fact, there was a little bit of. Uh, a, well, no, I'm not even going to say that. There, that backstage, there was a little bit of like, really, do we have to do that? But it. But she was right, and she did. Uh, she did because it was her song. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. She was right because it was the because it was her interpretation. Anyway, so the amount of uh, the amount of learning I had to do when I realized that uh, that this particular gentleman was um, just a just a a doll, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I couldn't spend enough time with him. Um. So, uh, but he also phenom- phenomenal bass player. Just really, what kind of right style? In- just like adaptive. He can do anything. So yeah. I learned. Oh my God, later. I can do that. Yeah, I learned later. That, about- I mean, you get a bass player. Who who can play in the pocket and do the thing the song wants to be, and and there's nothing against bass players, but like when you run against run up uh, with somebody who does that, it's like it, it it's kind of like having an exquisite drummer. It's like it transforms the performance. Yes, and and so you know at first I would, at first I would have said, say for instance, just sort of looking at the Tamashanter, I would have made the mistake of saying like, oh, he's from. California or I don't know, or worse. And, um, it's all very confusing, but he's playing the bass like this because he's from a grateful dead tradition, let's say, because mm-hmm. it's finger style and it's deep. And I know a lot of grateful dead, uh, adjacent musicians. Uh, so, so that's what, so I was identifying him from that. I was identifying him from the grateful dead community where I'm, I am maybe not as adjacent to the to the um, the travelers as I am to the nerds, but mm-hmm. I definitely you know I've got a I've got a shoe and a half over in the dead universe. You you were adjacent to the dead people a long time ago. Oh yeah, long time ago. And well, well, some of our listeners might not remember you kind of ran with that crowd a little bit for a while. Early, early nineties, right? Uh, late eighties. Late eighties. I was I, I I ran with that crowd. I went to a couple of rainbow gatherings, Merlin. Oh dear. Uh, I I saw wow. the I saw the. Did, did you dead. go to the harmonic convergence, John? No, I I never quite I never could quite grasp the music of the spheres. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, here's here was my problem. I went to so I saw the dead a half a dozen times with you know with the Jer Bear. I saw him with Santana. I saw him with uh, Edie Brickell. I saw him with uh, I didn't see him with Dylan, but I saw. What, wait, so who's it? Was it Tom Petty that opened for Dylan? Wasn't there a yeah? It, no, there Tom was Petty Dylan in the Dead, Dylan. is what I was thinking of. That was probably a little later, right? But Tom Petty also was Dylan's band for one tour. Wow, which is why Traveling Wilburys. Oh, if, okay, good. Yeah, good see, note. it all fits together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but the problem was, I kept showing up to Rainbow Gatherings with a half rack of beer. <laughs> And the rainbow gathering universe of like, <laughs> welcome home, mm-hmm. have some vegetarian glop. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the we vibe, think there might be lentils. <laughs> the vibe there is like, hey, you know, get get trippy. Yeah. Trip out and dance with your, you know, like dance like no one's watching or whatever. But it's not about, it's not about drinking beer and crushing the beer can on your head and like burping as loud as you can. That's seven. It's just not, it's just not where we're coming from. Right. Like nobody brings, maybe you bring a flask. Yeah. But nobody being a juggler at a funeral. It's like, we can acknowledge your skills, but could you put your balls away? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do not, do not whip out another bottle of Jim Beam. Right. If you bring one, like everybody has a little, don't pull out another one. Like what's in that bag. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. And that was me. Uh, and so, so I never quite squared up with the fact that a big part of why I took LSD was that I could drink all night and the LSD wouldn't let me get too drunk mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can't get that drunk on LSD. Uh, it, it like supersedes alcohol. I'm not sure oh, what would happen. Oh, no, I, I totally, I to- there's, there's a lot of stuff you're... That's normal things that would happen to you are not going to happen when you're having LSD. You're, you're not you just going to take a little nap. 
What would you do if uh, if uh, you actually tried to put those two head to head and just say which one is gonna <laughs> which one will win? Like LSD can't possibly win if I have if I've had four. Oh, when bottles. does it happen? When do I cross the line? When did like if you imagine like a like a chart? Like when does yeah. this line cross that line? I think that's gonna be a pretty hard chart. The other thing is like when you have a drug that is going to trump most of the other drugs. Um, you don't always get the same effects that you would if you had, in that case, the alcohol by itself. You Ooh. might, you, you might just have weird motor skills now, but still be pretty like with it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to predict what that's going to do to you. Yeah. I mean, one I time, imagine there was a time when you were game to figure it out though. One time for sure. I, uh, and it was a, you know, it was kind of a bad, it was one of the, one of the truly bad nights, um, where I, uh, where I drank a bottle of Jägermeister and was on a bunch of LSD, and then I got uh, then I got attacked oh, no. uh, by some guys with axe handles, and they beat me silly. Oh, no. That's how I broke my hands. Oh Jesus, John! They broke my hands because I was using my hands to protect my head, Ugh. and they were beating my head with axe handles and. And they broke my hands. Oh my god! And that was Jägermeister and LSD that got me into that scrape, uh, because as they surrounded me with axe handles, uh, and were like, "You got to." This was during the gay bashing years, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that they that this wasn't a case of like uh, them thinking I was gay and me just like full of Jägermeister and LSD. Well, a certain, kind, a certain kind of macho guy. It's like the same kind of macho guy that if he can't get laid, he's going to beat somebody up. And in that case, if he can't beat up the person he'd like to beat up, he's happy to beat up somebody that he can beat up with an axe handle. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so uh, I was so bazonkadoo that I don't have any. I, honestly, I don't know what happened. But I do know that they surrounded me and I did not try to defuse the situation or back down at all. I just uh, kind of was like, oh, are, is this what we're doing now? Like, I can take you guys on. And then I, it turned out I couldn't because one of them was behind me. Oh, all it takes is one person behind you with a bat uh, to, to uh, <clears throat> yeah, to like give you a, you know, fuck you up is what happened. But, mm-hmm. uh I do feel like the combination of drugs in that case was somewhat responsible for me having bad judgment enough that. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. there, I, there I was, I didn't, that's probably not where I should have been. Yep. Yep. So uh, we got the oven. Uh, we got math. We've got, uh, Oh, the cruise and the bass player. Yeah. So, so, so Chris, um, what it turned out was not that he was from California. He was not a uh, he was not a hippie from there. He was from Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten Island. What Staten the hell? Island. Who comes out of Staten Island? And not only that, but uh, but his his dad and his uncles owned the Mandolin Brothers Music Store. Wow! In um in like uh, New York City. Hmm. So a totally versatile, totally versatile guy, versatile player, kind, kind soul. Hmm. Happy to have met him. But I did, did, did go, uh, go on the cruise. Yeah. At the last minute, it was not what I expected. I mean, just just to touch on this a little bit, we talked a little bit offline where you're, you're thinking like, oh, I'm not sure if I'll go on this this year. Should I do this? And it sounds like you elected to do it. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't do it. I, did, I was not going to do it. And then at the very last minute, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do it." Yeah, uh, just like that, <clears throat> uh, because I didn't do it last year, and uh, and I felt like I don't know. Um, maybe you know, maybe the cruise was a phase in my life, and now I've I've sort of uh, I'm in a different phase in my life. But I went, and I went protected. By the spirit of Aloha. Wow. And as soon as I arrived, I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm Jim Dandy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I spent the whole cruise 
just floating on a magic carpet made out of dreams. Hmm. And uh, it was extremely positive experience to be with my friends and to be entertaining people. Um, and to be also just kind of like along for the ride. Cause hmm. I got on there too late to like have to do a big show. So I did some shows where I was joining other people on their shows and that's nice. That's nice. You come in, somebody hands you a guitar, mm -hmm. you play Sloop John B, mm -hmm. you get out of there, no blood, no foul. Mm -hmm. So That's nice. That sounds like the right state of mind. Yeah. A lot of people came up and said uh, how much they uh, they love all the great shows. A lot of people oh, talking about Merlin Mann. Really? That's wonderful to hear. So we still have listeners. We have listeners. They're devoted. A, a, a guy I've known from the cruise for a long time, came over and started talking to me and I was like, Oh, um, Oh, you listen to Roderick on the line? Uh, because he had made some reference. He did not. He's savvy enough not to come up and say, Mr. Roderick, keep mm -hmm. this little bag pecked. Mm -hmm. He was a little bit more, you know, canny, mm -hmm. uh, like fully developed person. And I said, Oh, you know, <laughs> you listen to Roderick on the line. And he said, um, I have uh, been listening from the very beginning, and the thing about it is you and I are really good friends. It's just that you don't know it. Yeah, I have that feeling. And I, I have that feeling was, all the time. I was like, yes, I know exactly what you're saying, and I gave it's him a hug. totally true. And I was like, you and I are totally friends, and it is only, it is only the internet that, mean, uh, that, that keeps me from knowing that you and I are, are close. And he Which was is like, why it should be broken. <laughs> and he said, no sweat, totally get it, fist bump. And I was like, right on, right mm -hmm. on. Boy, Aloha you got the right state you, of mind sir. for this. And, it, and I bet in retrospect, I don't, I'm just guessing here, supposing based on my own terrible approach to these things, that that is, that's the, that's the uniform of the day. That's the attitude for what you're doing here. It's an attitude that I find very difficult to get with sometimes. Mm. Not, not just simply the larger issue of Aloha, but the smaller issue of this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, you ever hear that story about, um, oh God, who's the guy who did eight and a half? That, uh, Fellini. When oh, Fellini, Fellini. Well, when Fellini did, the story goes that uh, when Fellini did Eight and a Half, uh, he had a little sticker, like a little piece of tape that he put over the the um, eyepiece uh, and written in Italian. It said, remember that this film is a comedy. And so every time he looked through it, he would remember that. And, he, you know, maybe he didn't always succeed with that. He's Fellini. But sometimes you got to remember, remember this film is a comedy. I, yes. I find it difficult to do. And if I remind myself to have a sense of humor, whatever the situation is, and this isn't, when I say sense of humor, sense of humor is a big pattern. That's about way more than thinking something's funny. It's about having a certain plasticity about what's happening and being able to see a, an angle apart. From, I don't mean to change your topic here, but okay. having the plasticity to like see what's actually happening and to realize in this case, like my small bag may, my small bag may be packed with a lot of unnecessary anxiety, anticipation and preparation to feel bad or even like hateful about what's happening because it's disruptive to what I'd like to prefer to have happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You got to really get with it. You get into all kinds of uh, all kinds of sniglets. Yep, little sniglets. Uh, if you're not um, if you're not fully prepared to like go with the flow of whatever is currently the flow. So, for instance, there uh, on the past Joker cruises, there there's always you know there are a lot of entertainers there, and they're all kind of um, they all have a place in the world that they occupy. But now they're all put together into a space where it's not a natural space. Like the Joko Cruise does not just draw from one community where everybody already knows where they stand, right? Like they might be giants are at, at the peak of their community. There's no band that they might be giants would even open for now, right? I mean, I suppose if I was going to say REM, but John Flansburg hates REM. Okay. I was going to say, who's going to come along? I mean, the, the They Might Be Giants isn't going to open for you, too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But here They Might Be Giants are on the tour. And then, wait a minute, hold the phone, the McElroy brothers, mm -hmm. who are at the top of their community. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what happens if you put them in a room together? They don't, they're not <laughs> members of one another's community. If you say, oh, these two are... I can tell you where that stratification <laughs> yeah. goes just based on watching Griffin's videos where his username is always the pencil rain. 
I got a pretty good guess how that one stacks up. And I bet he had terrible anxiety and had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> he did. He did. He spent the entire crew very anxious because he also brought his child. And so there was oh. all that additional reason to be anxious. Sure. Oh, the, gosh, yes. I saw a the, wonderful picture, a picture of uh, Justin and Sydney. And I think it was on their, their patio, not their patio, the balcony or in their room. And it was just this them grinning. And it's like, hey, you can see there's, there's stuff going on in the background <laughs> with the baby. <laughs> The thing about Sydney is she is not anxious at all. She is very... She seems so centered to me. She's really centered. She's so incredibly smart. And when she's around, you feel better. Sydney comes up and talks to you and you immediately feel better. You feel calmer. You feel I believe uh, it. like you're having a wonderful conversation with a very smart person. <laughs> the only McElroy brother that isn't like... <laughs> Cons- constantly consumed with anxiety Travis. is Travis, who is who's obviously like a like a he's pretty, he's pretty outgoing in his way. <laughs> Everybody knows. Tra- Travis at one point said to me, "You know, I'm the only one of my brothers that's strong." <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com/slash. Super Train. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. I'm going to tell you a few. You can create a beautiful website that will turn your cool idea into a fresh site right on the web where people can see it. You can showcase any kind of work that you have. You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content. Yeah, photo galleries. Oh, so many things. You can even sell products, you guys. You can sell products and services of all kinds right from your Squarespace site. You can promote your physical or online business. You can announce an upcoming event or special project and so much more. Squarespace does all of this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell sell anything online. They have the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, anything with just a few clicks, and it really is that easy. It's insanely easy. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, so it looks great on every device or dingus. And they offer a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 extensions. That's so many extensions, you guys. They have analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization, of course. And this is free and secure hosting with nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And plus, they have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. If you ever get in a jam, you just let them know. I think you guys probably know by now that I'm a big fan of Squarespace. I use it several times a week for several different things. I use it for my personal site and my other personal site. Importantly for this program, uh, Roderick on the Line is entirely hosted lock, stock, and barrel right on Squarespace. It is where we put up our show notes. It's it's basically you're using Squarespace right now because that's also where we host the audio. You just download it. You can have a po- you guys a podcast on Squarespace. What even is going on? You got to check this out. I really am actually a big fan. And every time I go in and have to tweak or add anything on my sites, it's just so easy to use. So please go check them out. You go to squarespace.com slash supertrain for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use that very special offer code supertrain to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> said, yeah, I understand. <laughs> He was like, and then he was, then he kind of went down. He went, he doubled down on it. He was like, I'm strong. <laughs> and the other two, he, you know, he, he's got he's got very strong hands. He used to work in a theater and like build sets and stuff. Oh, sure, he did. Yeah. That's how that's how he met his wife. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, they met in the theater, hmm. and she she was like, you know, I was just in the theater, and here, you know, here comes this guy. But yeah, Justin and uh, Griffin are anxious in very different ways. That's so is, interesting to me. Very different ways. They're anxious about different things. And Griffin has like kind of like a mostly like a kind of a social anxiety. Well, he wants to make sure that everything is working. Oh, and uh, oh, he's, fret- and, he's fretful. Yeah, he's very fretful, and he's very he's very kind of certain that everything's about to go off the rails at all times. And then Justin is socially like, "Is everything okay? Are we okay? Is this okay?" <laughs> and what's funny is that he came up to me and was like. <clears throat> And I said, yes, Justin. And he said, I'm an enormous fan of They Might Be Giants, and I really want to meet John Flansburg, but I don't know how. And Flansburg is standing 15 feet away. Right. And the that McElroy brothers are famous, and this is and they're like headliners on this cruise. And I said, why don't we walk together over there and talk to John Flansburg? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, I couldn't ask you to do that. <laughs> I said, he just no. wanted strategy tips. I was like, it's fine. No, I think he wanted me to walk him over there, but then he became anxious that he had asked too much. Oh, God. And Justin. I was like, 
I said, hey, I'm on my way over to talk to him anyway. Because I had some stuff. I don't know what I had to say to him. I had some stuff to say to John. Let's go over and say hi. And so we walked over. And, of course, John is extremely, you know, Flansburg is very loving and embraces his fans. He's very, but he's also, he's very gregarious. He's extremely gregarious. He doesn't, you know, he's not like. You know, when a fan comes over to me and says, like, You're, you are very meaningful to me, like, I go down with them. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's you and me get into a, a little yeah, bubble. Say, say more about that. Yeah, like, well, and just like, hey, okay, it's just you and me now for a little while. Mm-hmm. Flans has been in this game for a long time, and he knows to, he knows to say, like, thank Since you. Since probably before some of these people were born. Yeah, and he's extremely sincere, but he's, but he also, you know, he, he's, he guards himself enough that he's not like, let me go down every rabbit hole with every They Might Be Giants fan that ever comes up. You're not going to talk about your like top 10 songs and stuff. No, or just like, hey, your music got me through my divorce. He, you know, they're like, he, he understands it. He's appreciative. He is also generous to them, but he can't possibly talk to every person who survived their divorce because of They Might Be Giants because it's a lot <laughs> larger number than me, right? <laughs> Um, and the, and the Joko Cruz is full of stories like that, you know, like, like I had cancer and the only thing I could listen to was Roderick on the line mm. and I cannot walk away from that conversation. Oh no, 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 I, no. You can't, you, you open that door and we're going to, we're going to step into a little private alcove for a while. That's right. Let's, we're going let we're, we're to embrace and it's going to be awkward because I'm going to be the one that, that holds on longer. <laughs> let me hear. Be let super, me hear. You think this is awkward? I'm going to make this very awkward for you. I'm so glad you're alive. I should go. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Let's talk a little more. What's your favorite episode? <laughs> well, so we walk over and Justin uh, starts uh, saying hello to Flans and they're having a nice conversation. And guess who's there? Your friend and mine, Robin Goldwasser. <laughs> God Goldie bless Goldie. everybody who has an opportunity to spend some time with Robin Goldwasser. Yes. And so Robin says, and you know, Robin has her own relationship with the world, oh, which yeah. is very different than from Flans's <laughs> and certainly very different from yours or mine, although closer to yours because you guys both love Jerry Lewis. That's true. Oh, we, we had, we were backstage at your concert with They Might Be Giants and we drank shots of alcohol and talked about Jerry Lewis for so long and you guys did fine, but that was one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> I know. I, it's so rare to meet somebody who wants to drink with you and talk about Jerry Lewis and Robin was just, she was such a champ. Yeah. Well, and at a certain point I was like, you guys are... It's boring me now. Stop it. And well, in some Vonnegut like, world, Arr! in some Vonnegut world, like we are in a caress. Like we've waited our whole lives to meet each other and we didn't know it. So Justin, so Juice is nervous. Oh, he comes so, up, he meets Flans. Yeah. And then Robin is like, does, you know, Robin uh, says, you know, oh, hello, I'm Robin Goldwasser. And he turns to her and says, I'm an enormous fan of People Are Wrong. And he starts breaking down his love of People Are Wrong. Robin Goldwasser's, uh, like, off-Broadway musical from 2004. Wow. And it, you know, it, it had a run. Robin's, you know, musical, like, had a run. But, but it's not going to pop up on your Spotify mix. It's not your normal thing. Yeah. And, and Justin's, like, he knows all the songs. He has the original, you know, he has a CD wow. of it. That he's listened to a lot. And so it's not, so all of a sudden I even realized like, oh, he's not a They Might Be Giants fan. Mm-hmm. He's, he celebrates their entire catalog. Like he's, he's a deep dive on, on Robin. Well, like, like Sean Nelson and myself, I mean, if you really, really, really like the Beatles, there's a pretty good chance you're going to like Badfinger too. Right. Although, although not necessarily the case in, with me, but. Ooh. Remember when <laughs> I, I sat mean, in the car and made no, you listen to that like song? That. Maybe I made you listen to that song and I cried while we were sitting in the car. You remember that? Remember. Yes. You wrote a song about his son and made me cry. I do like them. I'm not. I'm not down it's okay. on bad. It's fine. Things. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Like Ben Gibbard. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> they got a new record. Ben Gibbard will talk about teenage fan club until everyone in the room passes out for like. Oh man, get me on that call. <laughs> and and it's the same. It's exactly the same type of thing. I know like, what you mean. Oh. I know what you mean. Sometimes the energy around somebody. I mean, it would be like if I tried. To, well, if God forbid, I tried to talk to you too much about the Smiths. At a certain point, you'd have to excuse yourself because you're. <laughs> I. But I know that I've grown. I've yes, grown. but you know what? I had to grow to listen to you talk about Sloan. Well, they're very, very, first, they're very, very good. 
at first I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you but you got Eric Corson on the scene, and pretty soon <laughs> John's the odd man out. <laughs> I was surrounded, and then I would, you know, I would go and John. Have you ever really, like, really, Ugh. really listened to one chord to another? You ever really sit down and listen to it? Okay, it got played in the van. Oh, and so I had to listen to it in that, which is an intense listen because mm-hmm. everyone in the band is like listening. Well, you know, we were not a band that would put music on and then talk over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if somebody said, "Hey, I want you to hear this," we would all just listen. Yeah, it's not uh, not your not your tempo. There were, right. there, well, no, no. I saw Sloan. I saw Sloan more than it's fine. It's more fine, than John. three times. It's fine. Let's just let's let, let it go. Okay. Okay. Jesus so, you know, Christ. power pop. I'm not like I, I like. I love God. power pop. Uh, I love the power. You? I mean, you I like the, the idea pop. of power pop. I do like the idea of power pop. You wrote but New I, Girl, you piece of shit. Well, I did it in homage. Ugh. I'm gonna make you a playlist. I'm gonna make you a playlist, and I'm gonna sit there while you listen to the first ten seconds. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real good. What are they called? The Breakaways? Oh yeah, some guys. Some guys who were in the some guys who were in the Nerves were also in this band called the Breakaways, and then one of the guys went on to be in a Million Miles Away. Sorry, I'm already on the next side. <laughs> She's a girl in a telephone booth with the whatever the fuck. Move on. <laughs> I mean, I do like Michael Penn. Oh, dung, 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 dung. he's but he's how, amazing. Yeah, but how do you feel about uh, the album Girlfriend? Well, I don't know if I want to say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I thought it was a revelation. No, a lot of people are hard. <laughs> no, that's fine. A lot of people are hard on the sick of myself stuff. I like that too. Yeah, I know you do. I know. Yeah. A- anyway, bouncing, bouncing. Uh, so, uh, 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 Robin's but, play. But, oh, but here's the thing. If uh, if you've got a They Might Be Giants and a McElroy's, yes, and you're backstage, that's a Nixon and Elvis situation, man. Well, you got to get it, a photo of that. It, well, but it, but it, but the question in the past has always been like, everybody wants to be friends, everybody wants to be fine, everybody wants to be in love with one another, but it's also there's a lot of jostling for position within entertainment. Oh, nobody wants to talk just like, about it. But how it's many records have you sold? And at least if well, you're don't you like secretly like when you meet somebody like when you meet like a Dan Harmon, uh, I mean, don't you kind of want them to say back to you like, oh yeah, or even if it's just kind of slight, like I like that song that was on the OC, and you, you're like, oh wow, you know that I did that thing. You know what I mean? Like it would be nice if it was always reciprocal. It would be really nice if it was always exactly a hundred percent equal. That ain't how life works. No, it's not. But there are like within indie rock, it's very clear because you're all in the same stew. Mm-hmm. And if you come through, like you remember, we did that tour where we were touring America, op- essentially opposite Fugazi every night. Wow. And so in communities like Chicago, where there was, or there were enough Fugazi fans to fill up the uh, Union Hall or whatever, fill up, uh, no, more than the Union Hall, uh, enough Fugazi fans to fill up a big room full of Fugazi fans, the Metro, Mm -hmm. the Metro is where they would play. There were also enough Long Winners fans to fill up the double door or whatever so that there was not it wasn't a problem oh i'm sorry i see what you're saying so in any yeah. so, so maybe that's not going to be true in gainesville but like right. somewhere where there's a sufficient uh critical mass of fans you have enough it's sort of like rule 37 except for music like there's going to be enough people for both to get a get a turnout but if you're in st louis and fugazi is playing there are a lot of people that might come to a long winter show right. that look at it and they go well i gotta see fugazi yeah they wait and they so, wait they wait they wait yeah, so the promoter said, mm. so the promoter <laughs> says, the promoter, you're on the list at, now, Fugazi. At the end of the night, the promoter says, oh, it's too bad that Fugazi was playing because otherwise I think we would have done better. And you go, that's <laughs> you're not helping. But so like Ted Leo, I saw really... Meat Puppets one night when um, in Tampa, when White Snake was playing down the street. Oh, well, Harvey Danger got told that uh, the reason people didn't come to our show in Orlando was that Eddie Money was playing. Eduardo De Niro? There's no no way in which Eddie Money... I had to do a talk at Rutgers on the same night there was an on-campus performance by something called Dead Mouse. 
Yeah. And I had a really thin turnout and was super mad at whatever Dead Mouse is. Well, Dead Mouse is just a guy standing in front of a computer going. I, s- I assume it's a guy in a mask with a laptop. Fucking edge lords and their and fat he makes beats. Millions of dollars every time he walks out the door with that mouse mask on. He's a mouse and man. then yeah. the genius thing is he takes the mouse mask off. Who knows who he is? He but could I was be- talking about creativity and personal productivity oh. in fucking New Jersey. Sorry, sorry. I help a lot of people, John. This guy could stop look checking like your email. Hey, come back here. <laughs> and people would be like, he's amazing. Like, who knows who the. Well, who if Dead Mouse the- hadn't been playing, I would have come to your email talk. But Ted Leo uh, is, is one of those examples where Ted Leo and the pharmacists, let's be, let's just get right down to brass tacks. They have sold more records than the Long Winters. But by a dimension that is not exponential, right? Like if yeah. the long winners have sold 30,000 of one thing, you're, in then this, the, you're roughly in the same stew, roughly in the same stew. Thank you. Yeah. Except that Ted, when he's with me is very clear that he is mad, not about the long winters, but about the new pornographers. Oh, interesting. So Ted, huh. in a way that I take to be, a intentional backslap of me. He says, why are the new pornographers in the history books and Ted Leo and the pharmacists are not? Huh? Why is, uh, why is John Darnielle mm, and his, oh uh, his goats? <laughs> why are they in the history books? And I'm not. So Ted is, Ted, that, that hurts. Put, that hurts my heart. I would put Ted Leo and the pharmacist in a division somewhat. Not, not, not. This is a crazy example, but having been to shows of Ted Leo and the pharmacist, yeah. uh, uh, you might have met this fellow, uh, Dave Bazan. You go to a Pedro the Lion show. Well, well, just in the sense that people are. Those are two acts that have a like rabidly loyal fan base. Yes, true. they might not be a huge slice of the pie, but they are so fucking in that pie. Correct. And the long winters are not that way. Oh, people you're come, over in the stew, and these guys are splitting up part of a pie. People come to see the long winters because they like the long winters, not because we are the, not because Ted Leo and the pharmacists have this whole, like, we're descended from hardcore and blankety blank, whatever hardcore means. Chisel. And Chisel was Ted, great. Ted is Chisel very was a very good band. I bought their CD. There are a lot of people the... that think of punk rock yes. as a political band, uh, as a political movement. Yes, and they come and they are. They have a whole universe mm-hmm. that the band is like symbolic of. Not dissimilar from the band Fugazi. Very similar to mm-hmm. the band Fugazi. And it uh, and it's all tied up in like we don't have to pay that much for shows because they're men of the people and yeah. so forth and so on. And Bazan has that whole, like, I used to be Christian and now I'm not. So if you used to be Christian and aren't, you can hang with me. But if you are still Christian and believe that somewhere in my heart I'm going to be Christian again one day, you can also be at the shows. Like, every time Bazan does a show, he has a question and answer period in the middle, and he says, any questions? And there's always somebody that's like, you know, what about, what are you going to do about your eternal soul? And It's like like conversion therapy. It's like, just guys... Let it go. But it's but it's a built-in fan base that is intense. Absolutely. And you know, people come to a long yeah. winter show and I go, Hey, fuck you guys. How many <laughs> of you have had a glass of farts recently? Anyway, <laughs> here's a song that nice, I'm gonna play. Nice hat. The guy couldn't guess your weight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I don't care whether you like this or not. <laughs> like they usually get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> dang, 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 dang. <laughs> and if the audience gives me any guff, I'm like, blues jam. <laughs> and Here's a seven minute guitar solo. Yeah. And half the time, I'm like, I get half through New Girl and I have to turn to the audience and go, and I turn to the band and say, keep going, pedal, pedal. I turn to the audience and go, I don't remember the second verse. And then they all yell it at me. Any questions? Now, that is not, uh-huh. that is not where you're going to get a cult thing. Well, but. Th- the new pornographers are <laughs> over into the land of the shins. Oh, their music really? Appeals, their music appeals to normals or to people out in the universe. Yeah. And if you're a DC Newman fan, then you're part of the you're part of the the cult or the Zumpano fan. Well, yeah. But if 
But you can listen to the new pornographers and just basically be a Nico Case fan. Yeah. And uh, those people are driving Volvos, you know, and, and listening to NPR. That's true. So anyway, backstage of the Joko Cruise, depending on how sensitive you are and where you are in the world, these problems can be or these conditions can create problems. Yeah, For well, it's, it's, it's been true at every one of these kinds of things. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm slagging because I don't mean to, but it was equally true at Max FunCon. Oh, where yeah. it's like I, that even there, I felt even more of a terrible disparity in some ways because I don't know, it's just really difficult and awkward, especially when you're playing at my level. It's really like, uh, I mean, it isn't like I need, I'm James Brown and somebody needs to wrap a cape around me and get me off stage. You know, mm. you're just, you're just walking around. You're just a person walking around and it's, you know, but there's still that disparity of like, are you on the performing side or on your, are you on the consuming side? And it's, it's mm. very, it, I found it very awkward personally. Well, so what do you do when you put, so here, here you got Paul F. Tompkins and you got John Hodgman and they're standing next to each other and they love each other. They're very close friends. Yeah. But. Who can sell more tickets in St. Louis? And believe you me, they both have that somewhere in their mind, even as part of their very close friendship. Yeah, it never is a hundred percent gone. And then you put them on a boat Ugh. with, uh, you know, with like fucking Amy Mann, and it's like, where do who get who? What is a wahoo? And that has always been very uncomfortable for me because yes. I am often. I'm presented on the boat as a as like one of the big draws, but some of that is down to an initial misconception that Jonathan and Hodgman had that I was a big deal, which was an initial misconception that happened because it was before they were famous and I was at the peak of my famousness. Mm -hmm. And so for a very brief moment, they were like, wow, that guy's a real rock musician. He knows famous people and we're just two guys in New York that like uh, go to go to um, book readings and stuff. And then within six months, they were they were both enormous, but they had this residual feeling that I had fans. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always a little bit uncomfortable with my standing. But boy, this year, let me tell you, when two people started talking to each other and turned their backs on me, mm -hmm. I put on a lay. And oh. I got on, I got on my Aloha skateboard, oh. and I just skateboarded over to the taco bar. Oh, I, let the let the turtles find me! Yeah, I left it all alone, and it was and it was real Shit, too. I wasn't dog. just over performing at the taco bar as though I didn't. You've care. You've been rehearsing this. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like you've been. It's a kind of like an exercise for you. It's a it's a project. If, if Aloha can be a project, you've been inhabiting that. And and you didn't default to an old state. You de default to the Aloha state, which is Hawaii. Yes. Wow. And it and it worked. It, it worked. It really works. You gotta yeah. you gotta do it, but it works. I went down to the island of Tortola, and I was walking around. And Tortola was very damaged by the hurricane. But Tortola, a long time before being damaged by the hurricane, Tortola was damaged by the British slave trade. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Uh, so, mm. you know, the island is, is now the town of Road Town has built a, uh, which is the biggest uh, town in the British Virgin Islands. It has built a cruise ship dock and they are saying, come bring your cruise ship money to the island of Tortola because the nation of the United Kingdom is not really giving us a lot of development cash as evidenced by the fact that all of our buildings are falling down mm -hmm. after this devastating bomb of a hurricane. And so I, so everybody on the boat, they get off, they go on snorkeling adventures, they go to beachfront, they get on buses and they go to beachfront bars where they're getting served things in pineapples. And, you know, I get down off the boat and I go to the town and I walk around the town and I go to parts of the town, which are not, uh, designed for, uh, outsiders. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like if you're in a foreign country and you don't at least for a little while, get yourself into a situation where you're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you're just not, you're if not. You go, if you go to a lot of places like that, there will be, what's the phrase I want to use a desire paths where you can see where the other tourists and normals are going. And you do have to kind of consciously, it's like trying to, 
get off Market Street. Like you keep turning right and turning right and ending up back on Market Street. And yeah. it, you know what I mean? That sense of like the first time I came to San Francisco, I could not get off Market Street to save my life because I kept <laughs> turning right. You can't turn left anywhere. I just kept doing like three right turns and ending up on Market Street for an hour. And I think when you go to a town like that, it's similar. It's, it was true in uh, Puerto Rico as well, like visiting, yeah. um, I was the capital there, but when we visited there, it was really beautiful. We went to Big Fort and everything, but I did yeah. not get a sense of like, this is what Puerto, Puerto Rico like is, is. So I did that in Puerto Rico this time too. I I was like, nope, I'm going I'm going far afield. And I got to a place where, where there were uh, people nodding off in doorways and um, and ladies of the sex trade propositioning me. And so and then the sun went down, and I was like, hmm, I'm pretty far away. I'd better call a car. And I called an Uber, and the guy pulled up, and he was like, what are you doing out here? Get in the car. Wow, really? <laughs> I was like. And, and I never You're felt basically unsafe. like a human pinata. <laughs> it never felt unsafe because it's just a, you know, because you just, you, you're cruising. You're cruising. Yeah. But uh, in on the island of Tortola in San, uh, or I'm sorry, in Roadtown, I was walking through uh, uh, like a, a part of the town that was not tourist ready. And I see a guy sitting on top of a pile of garbage. And I, I wave because I'm, but I'm conscious of where I am. Like, I'm not like waving like a dummy. I don't have a straw hat on. <laughs> Um, and also I don't have my camera out. Like I'm respectful of, of mm -hmm. the place I am and where I go. You don't seem like you're just there to gawk. I'm not gawking where I, where I try to go is to the cemeteries. And I went and I spent 45 minutes in the cemetery that was up on the hill. Just walk, just walking around, looking at all of the old stones and, uh, trying to get a sense of the history of the place. Uh, David Reese for a long time, when we would go to one of these little islands, he would say, let's get off and try and find old reggae 12 inches, 12 inch records. Mm -hmm. And we would go and we'd ask people and they would say, oh, yeah, there's a guy on the other side of town, I think. That's <laughs> Don't so we'd, style reggae. We'd walk over there and there'd be some guy and he's sitting there and he'd be like, oh, no, man, you got to go over to this guy. And a couple of times we actually found a, found a guy that was like, you want to buy old reggae 12 inches? Yeah, I got some in the basement. Got some crazy old records. So you got to have a mission. You mm -hmm. set yourself up a mission. I go to graveyards. Anyway, I'm walking by. I see this guy on a pile of trash. I wave to him just a subtle like, hey, man, what's up? And he gives me the finger. Mm. And it's the finger. Uh, it's like a ten, it's a 10,000-year 10, finger. A lot of there's a lot of information in the finger. I get it. I totally get it. And it's not yes. and he's not like he's not like I'm he's gonna, giving you the same finger that the people have been giving him this, this <laughs> the same people have been giving to the same people for millennia. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man. And he's like, eh, fuck you. Yeah. And I go. So but at the time, I'm like, I'm on my Aloha skateboard. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Like, I don't accept it. Like, it's not my, I don't feel the burden of carrying your finger with me any further, but I witness it. I witness your finger. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm not trying to give it to you. I mean, I don't want you to. Oh, like, he's just lending it to you. Yeah. I'm, it, you're just like, this is your, this is our 30 second interaction. That's like a cat hissing at you. Kind of. Yeah. But it's like an, like a hiss that doesn't have any, the cat's not going to, it's not like he's going to get up off of his pile of trash. If I had turned and walked over and said, Hey, what's up? What's with the finger? He would have said. You know, man, this isn't your part of town. What are you doing over here? Yeah. Why don't you go back to your fancy boat? Mm -hmm. And I would have, like, I have to witness that. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Because down in the harbor, there's also a Disney cruise boat that is pumping Disney themes from Disney movies so loud that it's rattling your teeth. That's not a good neighbor. No, it's not. But uh. Disney, Disney believes that Disney, you know? Yes. I mean... Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Like that, this music needs to be here. Well, and someone up, someone up the chain, and all the people down the chain at Disney think everybody loves Disney. Sure. And you go, mm, not if your house has been blown down by a hurricane. <laughs> and no one came in with any more money to fix it, and you're just sitting on a pile of trash. <laughs> Jesus. Disney isn't like the answer there, and they're like, "Really? Are you sure? Have no, you?" No, that's that's a real hyper reality kind of moment. That's that's yeah. too much contrast for my liking. A lot going on. Yeah. But again, I felt like my aloha did not cause me to to just float on from that experience. I took it. I I took it. I understand it. I 
I witness it, Mm -hmm. but also I did not do what I normally would do, which is chew on it, like sit and gnaw on the bone of that experience, trying to figure out what I can do, trying to figure out what my responsibility is, like looking at the history of time and, and fretting over it, you know, like, like Griffin McElroying it, like what mm-hmm. I need to come back to this island with ten thousand cans of Gatorade, and no, I need to appeal to the British government. No, yeah. just like you know, it's like where are you? Who are you? Where are you? Like you just you, you just you you got right back on the Aloha skateboard and you just skated away. I skated on down. I skated through the town. I saw the saw the government buildings, the government people, and the cops at, at the cop station. They also did not. They were not interested in me. They mm-hmm. were doing. They were doing business, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, do, 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 do. again. I'm not taking pictures. I'm not here to. I'm not here to fill up my Instagram feed. I'm just here to see like the condition of the sidewalks, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're doing business, and you are, uh, you are clearly like a comet passing through our solar system, and I'm like, yes, frankly, yes. I am. I also am not doing that thing I used to do, which is like, hey, man, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not, I'm not 19 it's anymore. It's casual. Yeah. I'm Why are you talking 19. like that? I'm, hey, I'm, hang loose. I'm not trying to live here. Right? I'm, not trying to, Shaka, bro. I'm not like, all people are the same, man. Hey, I and I agree. I'm not doing that. I'm just like. Just sound of Aloha wheels wheeling yeah. away, and this is what I like. Like I don't, I like to do this. this mm-hmm. I'm not doing this for any. Uh, this is not a public yeah. relations tour. It is not <clears throat> a humanitarian. I'm just. This is what I like. Yes, and uh, and I learned a lot from your graveyard. You know, hat tip. Thank you, milady. Back on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good time to bring in the D and D accent. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How I you? understand you've buried your dead near here. I see. Would that I could visit your dead. <laughs> I have. I see your names. I see your For me and my clan, oh. every day is Dios del Muerto. Oh. Yes. So tough, tough times. Tough times. Uh, but also like. Yeah. Oh, Every, Jesus, I can't even fathom. Everything went by just like a wave. Of, <laughs> Can you imagine a giant fucking boat and a bunch of white people getting off? Can you just even imagine? Oh, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> 